Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. What's up, everybody? This is Horizon 607. We are the podcast that talks all things horror and brings you the week's biggest horror movie news. I'm Mike C. Coming to you for one of the last times over here at my Studio 13 because I am fully vaccinated. And in two weeks, I will be returning to the 8122 Production Studios. That's right. There's going to be a parade. There's going to be all kinds of confetti and and cupcakes and uh, all kinds of fun stuff that's going to be going on <laughs> when I return. Uh, I, the professor's saluting me right now. I can actually see him. He's saluting. He's so excited. He's so excited to have me back. But before I get to the professor, let me first introduce my other co-host because he's inspired so many things. And this week's special introduction is no different. Because back in the very early 1980s, his seemingly innocent trip to a local Long John Silvers led to the creation of the Masters of the Universe. That's right. And also, ironically enough, that very same trip also inspired Wild Bill from Silence of the Lambs. He's rich. That's right, because uh, originally it was meant for Beastman to put the lotion on his skin, or he got the hose again. Because I, I wrote yeah. that, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the cat out of the bag. I actually wrote an intended uh, Masters of the Universe to be not, not, not like people call it the homoerotic cartoon, but I did, I did want to, the, there to be a homosexual relationship to, between Beastman and Skeletor. Yeah. So CKY yeah. had it right on the head, right on the nail later on. So there you guys have it. First hand knowledge that I was thinking of uh, gay rights back in 1980. Yeah. That's some, that's yeah. some good, that's such good shit, pal. And Mike, really C, speaking of which, I know that you're excited because in two weeks you can return to skiing because we all know you love to get that snow on your face. Oh, oh, <laughs> hey, isn't Beast Beastmaster Two basically Masters of the Universe the movie? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yes. and that's, a lot of people don't realize this, but that's what we refer to Rich as is, is Beastman, Beastmaster, Beastman, Beastman, Beastman. I mean, I, I do, I don't have quite that much hair, but I, I am pretty hairy, so it would work. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is what it is, you know, and I, I can't wait to be back. All the pomp and circumstance that's going to be surrounding it. I, I, I expect nothing less than a giant, giant welcome from you guys in the studio oh, when course. I get there. Yeah. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. It's going to be pants off. It, I mean, it's going to be have, exciting. I have it on good authority that when you return to the studio, the professor is going to punch you right in the dick. That's Probably. That's, cor- there's correct. a very good chance of that. And you know what? It's time to pull back the curtain here a little bit here at uh, Horizon 607 because, uh, you know, Rich knows this because uh, he's the one that sends them to me. But we get thousands upon thousands of letters and emails each and every week asking what his real name is. And this week I am happy to reveal that the professor's real name is Professor Sherman Ticklefist. But he is yeah. the smartest man in horror podcasting. Welcome back, Professor. Well, thank you. Uh, it's good Mr. to be Ticklefist. back. Yes, Professor Tinkle, tinkle Fist. fist tink, tinkle Punch? Tinkle. <laughs> it's technically not it's Mr. Tinkle fist. Technically, Professor Tinkle well, Fist. I, changed, I legally changed my last name to my boxing name, uh, Tinkle Fist. 
because Tinkle fist, yes. my my punches land like a light rain. That's, Something to be not proud of. Yeah, that's really not. Anything By the way, I got a question for the professor before we go any further and get into oh. the news and everything. Professor, have you been listening to this show lately? Uh, no, I actually have not. <laughs> all that Mike C. I haven't all listened that, to the last. Player, I haven't listened to the last two shows. Mike C. All that hard work was for not. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured as much. He's a team player, and I knew this. Well, no, just uh, incredibly busy. But yeah, I have not listened to the last few weeks episodes. Oh, we got we had to rectify that because we we gave you some lovely shout outs. Sir. Oh boy, lovely shout outs. Including, well, I'm looking forward to including it. Mike C. Does a great A impersonation of you. <laughs> Yeah, that's but, true. But we'll make him listen to the show. Mike, don't do it now. We'll let yeah. him do no, listen to the show. No, I won't. I know. I won't. But uh, I want to be surprised. I, you know what? We'll be hearing it coming up when I ask the trivia question. The last, the, the same last two we get every week. The last two shows, right? <laughs> last yes, two the shows. last two shows. They were a lot of fun at your expense. Anyways, excellent. <laughs> With that, I've got being some said. good feedback about last week's show in particular. Oh, awesome. I would expect I no less. Good, such good shit, pal. Uh, so with that being said, Mike, I think we can uh, not skip the valleying around because the professor's back. So uh, I think we should jive right into the horror news because unlike last week, we got a shit ton of news. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff to talk about this week. And I'm going to kick it off with news on The Forever Purge because that fifth movie in The Purge series, which we now know is actually going to be uh, the final movie. They're, they're sticking by it that this is going to be the Alleged- final movie until next year when they reboot it. Allegedly. Just use the word allegedly. Allegedly. Because allegedly, allegedly it's going to be, be by next one. year. Don't worry. You know, but uh, we do know it is going to be titled The Forever Purge. And uh, we also know it's it's been confirmed that it will take place after The Purge has been abolished. Am I the only one that feels like the title sounds like a Calvin Klein, um, like forever cologne by purge. like a cologne? Yeah, the forever, the forever purge. purge. It's by Calvin Klein. Forever, forever purge. purge. Maybe it's maybe he's born well, with it. Well, so obviously, uh, I think that they did themselves a big disservice because obviously they've given away some of the movie. Because I'm going to go ahead and, and assume that because they abolished it, it takes place after they abolished the purge, that the people who wanted the purge just decide to forever purge, which means that they're just going to commit crimes com- continuously. Yeah. So I, they kind of give – unfortunately, I feel like they painted themselves in a corner with giving the synopsis away. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're not going to be able to, like, get defeated because they're, they have to purge forever. Well, the thing is, well, no, they're, they're going to try to defeat them. But my point is that I feel like they should have left it a little ambiguous. So that way we didn't know if it was the government that kind of enlisted the forever purge or the people. But yeah. I feel like they're, no, I'm also going to, I'm also yeah. going to go on a limb and we don't like to get political here. And I'm going to try to stay away from the Probably politics. the government that's making it's, it that well, way. Well, it's so a that certain the, yeah. part of the government. Yeah. That's what I'm going. I think this is actually a big political message from yeah. the creators of the show. And I'm not trying to, like I said, we don't go into politics too much, but if you think about the world and what's happened in the last six, seven months-ish, it kind of makes sense in the world that we live in. So I'm actually feeling that that is what they're kind of going for. They're going for they intentionally the, do this one to, of the yeah. founding fathers, which is we know is now our is new a, founding is a, fathers. The new founding fathers is a political party. It's yeah. not. It, I guess there was based on some people, but it's a political party. We've gotten this over the course of the TV series and the other movies. So I feel like whoever was in charge from that party that loses out, loses the purge, they're still loyal to that person. Uh, you know, successionary, if you will. Yeah. So that's, I think that's what they're going with. So they're kind of mixing in horror with real life, which is a good thing. And they've done it. I will give them credit. It's usually, satirical. Usually things are didactive. 
But with the purge, they've always had a little bit of uh, a political, a social yeah, political yeah. statement in there, and they haven't been too didactic. So I'm not going to shit on it completely because I feel like they'll do a good job. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, the movies are a little bit ham-fisted when it comes to that, but it's fun. Right, and that, right. They it, don't go too far. It's not didactic. It's not like they're taking themselves too seriously. If it was like. They don't pull out the soapbox and go, look at me over here. I'm telling you, this is the way of the world. Yeah. They don't do that, which is good. That's being didactic. So I like it when they sneak it and sneak it in there and still make it a point. But at the same time, leave it to the, uh, the viewers own imagination. What really is going on? Yeah. Am I the only one that still wishes that uh, they would have stopped with the film series and kept on with the TV series? Nope. I'm in for the TV series. long haul. I haven't watched the show yet. You know what so I would have loved, loved it. Listen, you know what I would have loved to see that show gone over to HBO Max or Shutter and done in a rated R form. Yeah, uh, although it was pretty R rated. I like I mean, what they, they did. Dropping, they were dropping f bombs and everything. on Well, because 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 uh, what time it came on? Because it came on after ten. But I, yeah, I it will was say, on, like, yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, but I will say this. I think that they did a the, the coolest part about that though is they kind of hid some of the violence, so we got neat things like night vision and like off screen kills. But in a way that you knew was brutal. Like, uh, remember the one girl that gets beat with the golf clubs to death outside of the bus? And you just see the shadows. Like, I thought that that was better than actually showing her get beat to death with golf clubs. Oh, yeah. I would rather see that. Or the guy that was implied violence. Or the guy that was getting burnt while drugged behind a vehicle and you just saw it through night vision. Yeah. Yeah, I thought those were some cool things that they did on the show. Yeah. Implied violence is always. That's a lot more effective than showing brutality on screen. But I would like to see the unrated version also. So think about that. Like if you, we could do the regular on TV version and then partner with another company to put the R-rated version out, and then you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. I can see where you're going with that. And all the but, money in the fucking world, man. Why are you dropping the ball on us like that, Purge Creators? Yeah. Uh, that one, USA dropped the ball on that, or, or the creators, you know, whatever. They should have gone to another network if USA didn't want to carry it on. They NBC just gave Universal up. didn't want to carry it on. You know, to just give up. I, I, I don't know. You know, that's yo, sci fi is screaming, that, it, it, screaming for content. Me, and it's owned by the same company. Sci fi is owned by Viacom as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. Man. So I don't know why they'd want to just go over to sci fi. Well, they, they were showing they, it on both, but right. I think the ratings were just, they, they weren't good. But there ain't and shit on sci fi. They needed a show like that. Yeah. They did. And it, it was, feels it like was a so well done. It was it. such a good story both seasons. I mean, and. It, Sci-fi is known for such good stuff like The Leprechaun Returns, Mike C. Yes, yes, which is probably the greatest cinematic experience of my life, and I still want my uh, five ninety nine or whatever I paid for it back. See, we should have just waited. We were the only two dummies that paid for it to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I know. For you, for you, the listeners, I just want to throw I that out there. We're my, putting it on you. I want my $2 cash. Yeah. You know, the, the, the worst thing is at one point over the last year at some point, I was kind of scrolling through. I, I buy a lot of my movies uh, digitally on Vudu, and I was going through one weekend looking to find something. And they they always have deals. I just try to get movies when they're cheaper, when they're like four ninety nine. And they had the entire Leprechaun series. It was like something like nine ninety nine or seven ninety nine for the whole series. And I was gonna get it, but that was in there, and I decided not to. And I messaged these guys. <laughs> I was just like, you know, I was gonna get it, but that was part of it, and I decided not to. And Rich, I, I believe that your response was LMAO. So uh, there might have been an F in the middle of there. I don't know, but I I purposely decided not to get the Leprechaun series simply because Leprechaun Returns was part of it, despite its uh, its its uh, low price for the entire series. I mean, I could have had Leprechaun in space right now, but because of Leprechaun Returns, I don't. Your your convictions are strong, Mike. 
They are. The Force is strong with this one. Yes. So, but uh, it's still uh, the, the Forever Purge is still scheduled for a release in theaters Forever on July second of this year. You have so to say it. Changed with you that. have to say it like this: Forever Purge. The Forever Purge. The Forever Purge. By Calvin Klein. You have to say it like like okay. Morgan Freeman should do the uh, the voiceover Morgan for that. Morgan Freeman should do. I think that would be much better. Anyways, moving on. Uh, speaking of uh, dates uh, of movies that are going to be released to theaters uh, on August thirteenth. Uh, Don't Breathe 2 is still scheduled for release in theaters. Uh, the first image of that film uh, featuring the blind man surface this week. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see that or not. I did. Um, the premise for this one, he's taken in a uh, young blind, not a blind girl, um, a young woman, and they're just surviving out in the wilderness. He's laying low after the events of the first movie, right? And, yes. Uh, and, um, which is weird because he's not a good fella. Um, this now the first one he wasn't it sounds um, like this one from what i'm hearing with this one it's going to be a very different movie than the first one yeah and well i i, I yeah. do believe he's going to be the hero in this one well i i'm wondering there's got to be some sort of twist to it i'm i'm wondering if the girl is intent like whether or not because wasn't he trying to like have a child or in the first one he was impregnating um so spoiler alert for anybody that still hasn't seen the first one it's How several old years did, old now so yeah, yeah but um yeah there, there's uh, a girl and two guys that break into this house they know that there's a blind man living there they have no idea what he's capable of and uh as the events unfold jane levy who plays the girl that's kind of the criminal that that's in there um as she tries to escape him she finds like a like a torture chamber in the basement and there's a girl chained up in the basement and she feels bad for this girl and she's trying to help this girl get out and come to find out uh, this girl, I believe was in a car accident or something like that. And it killed the blind man's daughter uh, and yeah. he's trying to impregnate her um, so he can replace his, his daughter. daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of what was going on. And you find out it is part of the twist of the movie that he actually is not an innocent good guy in this movie. He's actually the villain. He's, he's actually the antagonist. That's, that's why I have a question about who this, uh, who this girl is going to be, because I feel like it, she may not be, uh, willfully with him. Maybe. And or maybe they bonded Stockholm syndrome or, you know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I, I was almost thinking that maybe this was going to be, it was going to turn out that the twist is this is going to actually be the prequel. But they've gone to lengths to say that this takes place like five years or something like that after the events of the first one. Yeah. So it's it's not going to be a prequel. But, you know, you, you, you may be right about that. You may find out that that's what's going on because he's, he's not a good guy. I but. wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. And the people, come, it would be cool. I mean, that would be a cool twist. Like imagine if the people coming after them are actually trying to rescue the girl and we've been tricked into thinking, you know, that, uh, that he's good when in fact he's like kidnapped this girl or whatever. Uh, it, it's a cool idea. Either way, it's a cool premise. It sounds like even if he turns out to be a good guy or if he's, you know, if it's something more twisted, that'd be cool. Right. Uh, the second annual Blumfest is going to be taking place virtually on October 1st of this year. Last year, they, uh, they had a lot of stuff, you know, that came out with, uh, with their first annual Blumfest. So this should be a pretty cool event. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's always uh, cool to see some kind of horror event that everybody can take, uh, a part in, you know, uh, especially during these troubled times. I, I hope that in the future, when people can get back together, they do something in a physical setting. Yeah, I hope so, too. Um, I, I would say with this one, obviously, this is going to be coming out about two weeks-ish before uh, Halloween kills. 
yes. is released. And so I, I would big. have a feeling that there's going to be a big panel, uh, probably led by Jamie Lee Curtis, involved with this one. So she was involved with the first one, too. But I, I have a feeling this one's going to be really heavy on Halloween Kills news. That is very likely. No, um, I can't wait for that movie, especially. Um, finally, we're getting some theaters opening. We're getting some release dates. And, you know, Halloween Kills, they've guaranteed, as we've talked about, that that's coming out no matter what. So, right. very exciting. And don't forget the next weekend, Spiral's going to be in theaters. Yeah. Wait, that's Blumhouse? They're doing... That's, that's not Blumhouse, no, no Blumhouse. but just oh, you're talking it's... about, you know, theaters opening back up. Yeah. Oh, Spiral. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's not Blumhouse. Wait, where am I? Who am I? Well... <laughs> Tinkle just fist. mentioning theaters, Tinkle just, fist. you know, associating with Pro- theaters opening up. Well, once again, you know, he had a, he just had to put his foot in his mouth because, you know, Tinkle smartest fist. man, horror movies, podcasts, smartest stuff, things. whatever. Literally friend. most fun. <laughs> uh, the writer and director that were associated with the movie Freaky. And we, we all like Freaky, right? It was a fun movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the writer, Michael Kennedy, and uh, the director, uh, Christopher Landon, teaming up on a new film called Time Cut. Uh, this is a young adult horror movie that's going to be... It, it's being described as Back to the Future meets Scream. Now, um, Rich was the one that initially sent this this article to me during the week, and my initial response was, didn't we already get this with uh, with Happy Death Day? No. And, uh, Happy Death Day 2, did, did you say? A little bit with the sequel, but I, I think that they're going to go more towards, really, Back to the Future meets Scream. <laughs> so it's going to be, uh, my guess is, uh, high school-age kids uh, somehow involving time travel. I don't know how. We don't know where. If they were smart, what they would do is they would just take the first Back to the Future movie and just kind of not shot for shot reshoot it, but uh, reshoot it as a horror film. It'd be cool if like the Doc Brown character is the villain, right? That's what I'm saying. But shoot the and basically shoot using it as a, a horror time film. machine to kill people. As long as they don't have something like like Doc Green is hanging out with. Ah, Mike. I'm sure they won't. They don't want to get sued. Yeah. And listen, <laughs> they, the guys behind this have done some really cool shit. So I feel like, you know, they're not going to mess this up. Like I, I, if it was, if it was, if it was people who were like known for making like shit movies, you know, right. we're, we're I've looking yet, at you. Uh, yeah. who's, uh, what's his name there? Uh, Bull there. Oh, uh, you bowl. You, you bowl. You bowl or yeah, be however. careful because you yeah. might want to fight us. Yeah, I know. But yeah, we're looking at, you know, <laughs> like if it was him, match. then I would understand. That, I'll uh, unleash the tinkle fist. Yeah, exactly. We're, we got, we, we're ready for a UE bowl. You come <laughs> fight Professor us, and then we're going to send over tinkle fist. Like a light ring. Then he's going to ask you. He's going to ask you if you want some more. Like a drizzle. That's right. Anyways, uh, but once again, if it was like somebody like that or like anybody, anybody who makes films for asylum films or anything like that, then I would be like, eh, I'll pass. But this is in the hands of good people, so I yeah. think it's going to be a good movie. The, the, yeah, uh, I'm at the point where Christopher Landon is somebody that I trust with a horror movie. Horror oh, comedy. absolutely. The Happy Death Day was great. I haven't seen the second one yet, but I loved uh, Freaky. Freaky was cool. Um, you yeah. will really like Happy Death Day, too. It's a very different film don't than the first me, one, but at the same time, it's not. Don't tell me what I like. Don't. Tell me my <laughs> don't tell one. me my business. No, just, yeah, pro- <laughs> I pro- I, you're you're right. I probably will. Um, but yeah, this another cool concept. I like the high concept horror stuff that this team's doing. Um, and you know, even if it overlaps a little bit thematically with, I, I haven't seen Happy Death Day too, but um, time travel that's always fun. And uh, 
having a kind of twisted version of a back to the future story would be cool. I would also like to point out that I think that they're very smart in the way that they do their movies and that they do, they, they cast it like you would cast an old movie that we're used to. So for the teenage slash young adults, but they also do it with concepts that, as older people who are fans of the, the body the genre, right, 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 like, that yeah. are that are fans of the, the the genre, we instantly go, oh, there's something in it for me as well. So they're they're like working on two different planes. I love it's, it's kind of really in a way, and and, and it, I know we're throwing the word the name around a lot right now, but it is kind of like Scream. Because if you think about yeah. Scream when it came out, that's what it did. It catered to a new generation of horror fans, but it also catered to the people who were horror fans in the 1980s. Yeah. So like that's yeah. basically where these guys are coming into their movies now is that they're they are catering to try to get the young adults slash older teenagers into horror films by giving them stuff that they see and they see in real life. But yeah. at the same time, they're going, ah, we're going to give you those teases, those throwbacks, and the actual slash killings that you would have gotten in the 1980s and in you know into the slasher era for us older fans who are nostalgic for that. So I think that's why they're so successful. And once again, if you're meshing together uh, in terms the 1980s classic, well, it's not 80, but well, it was made in the 1980s. I think 85. I could be wrong. For Back to the Future with the 1996 classic of Scream. Yeah. I mean, where do you fucking go wrong? I mean, like I said, if it was in a worse writer and director's hands, I would be like, eh, yeah, this is probably bad. But these two guys are killing it. Yeah. Right. And I just want to point out, Kennedy will be writing it. Landon's actually going to be producing this one, but he'll have, obviously, a heavy hand in it. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with the, the director, or I'm not familiar with her name or her work, but uh, Hannah McPherson will be directing. Oh, she'll do I don't fine. know if anybody knows who that is. But. Well, here's the thing. Heavy-handed producers are a thing right now, so that's why I was uh, all in for the Texas Chainsaw re- or remake, uh, sequel, whatever the fuck it is, whenever it gets done. Because as yeah. long as Fetty Alvarez is attached to it in some way, shape, or form, it should be good. Well, speaking of that, uh, this is this is something I, I've just kind of seen around the internet here just in the last couple of days, but supposedly, and I haven't seen that they're going to be pulling that movie or anything like that, but supposedly test screenings of that were they were saying that it's like one of the worst movies ever made and that it might actually get yanked oh boy. so I, I don't know how true that is um you know but there, they there's just a couple won't things release that come it at that that it might just get in yeah they no, might just you know i mean scrap it we can have but some, i haven't heard that that's going to be happening by any means you can have some little hopes because if you go back if you would go back to the evil dead movie the evil dead remake that fetty alvarez did there was a lot of test screenings that said that it was worthless too yeah. That it was just disgusting and horrible and blah, 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 blah. And then, Ooh. you know, turns out to be one of the, the greatest horror movies ever made. And, That's good. And if not the best horror remake in in the conversation, at least. It, and by the way, our, our uh, good friend, uh, the maestro, still. Now, I went to see that with him. I think, Professor, you might have been with us. For which? We had to see it in theaters. Evil Dead? But, uh, no. Evil Dead remake. Yeah, I, I think I was. I think was. you were with us. I think I was. like eight years ago now. Yeah. But, um, Jeez, but yeah. I... I was talking with him during the week. He's only seen it that one time, but he still maintains it was a terrible movie that I've got it all wrong when I say that it's the the best horror movie of the 2010s and uh, was one, was, one of the best yeah. horror remakes ever. He he needs to rewatch that movie because he's only seen it once, but he 
he absolutely despises that movie. Or I mean, I really doesn't like it. I really like it, but I feel like there's been better remakes. I just can't think of any. Like <laughs> just Hill, Hills, Hills, Hills have Hills have eyes. 100%. The Hills have eyes. Uh, is I mean, awesome you can remake. throw other you can throw other remakes in there, but it's definitely in that top tier. It, it is good because because really you throw in there if you you could throw in there. You would obviously dis- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, the actual two. You'd all disagree remake. with this, but I really like the Suspiria remake. I don't like it better than the original Suspiria, but. Um, I mean, it's not a bad remake. They're two completely different movies. It's not a bad remake at all. It's what a remake should do. You know, I mean, I'm not a big Jallo fan, but it's it's a good remake. But I would say, I mean, in in the vein, it is in one of the veins of like the better remakes. Yeah. I mean, I think if you ask me, and I think Mike sees close on this as well. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre of 2000, the 2003 version was amazing. Yeah, that one's like That's probably one of, if not the best. And Evil Dead doesn't fall short from the The Crazies is another one. Twenty ten. The Crazies was yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways, better than the original mm-hmm. because it brought like real. I will say terror. that that is better than the original. Oh yeah, I agree because I feel like that movie brings real terror. That movie brings real threat. And the original, you know, not so much. I mean, I'm just but I just the Hills Have Eyes remake is the Hills Have Eyes remake is also very good. I mean, for what it's the, worth, the only problem with that is it's almost shot for shot exactly the same movie as the original, except they expand at the end. Yeah, and the end make, that, I mean that makes a big difference when it you're does make a big difference. Village, yeah, but uh, which by the way, by the way, I don't know if you guys knew this or not. When he's walking around in that village, you know the one mutant guy, the big guy, is walking around with like the headgear on. Yes, yeah, he's like strong. Do you know who that is? Is it Berryman? I just recently Matthew? heard out heard the who this was. Do you know who that is? No, Greg Nicotero. Really? I never would have known. Well, he that. likes. You'd he never likes know by get, looking at. It. He likes to get involved. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm serious. He got he really, with that one. He, well, I'm just saying he really does like to be on, he put on screen and made up and shit. It's kind of crazy, but uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm to, for that matter for Wes Craven remakes. I'm also I was also a fan of the uh, Last House on the Left remake. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That was a yeah, way that's more brutal. Than the original too, that's a way far. more brutal movie, and I've always explained it. Think think about it this way: in the '70s, it was okay to have all that sex in the movie, but they shied away from the violence a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. in the newer version, it's all violence all the time, and they shied away from the actual rape. The, the new <laughs> the new one was really good, except for that last scene. There oh, the microwave the, scene. Yeah, that, that was, I don't know. I, I mean, it was, was tacked on. Funny, it, but it was here's, here's, here's it for was it. tacked on. It was like, ready for this. I liked it in the concept, but the execution wasn't. Yeah, because they tried well, to they just they, threw it in. It well, think like, about it. Well, no, they tried to do too long on it. Yeah, because like they do the whole reveal. Like it's like yeah. his head is sitting in something, and then you hear the do- then you hear the father's voice, yeah. and then it starts peeling back, and you see us the fucking microwave, and then you're like, okay, if they would have just done this as some kind of like quickly done thing instead of like hey i'm just going to talk to you and torture you for a minute oh and then we're going to get to the part that everybody wants to see with your head exploding like i would have been better off if they would have done a little something different so in concept it was great that movie was execution really really good how good was tony goldwin in that movie Uh, amazing Uh, amazing i'd like to see him more playing like a slasher man well he's always he's always great and whatever the best the best part of that is i thought that it connected better than the original what it's supposed to do because remember the story that was terrifying about the story for last house on the left isn't necessarily the daughter getting raped and taken advantage of by bad people the the story is what happens when a normal regular person meets evil and what do they do to face it and they become more evil than that evil because think about it they were normal people and that's i love that they in the in the in the remake i think they do a better job the husband and wife of being this normal people that you first meet that once they find out who's in their house they become more sadistic than those people well and And it's it's insane well no and it's uh they i mean they become 
but they have to be almost it's a survival it's like uh it becomes a survival thing because right. the uh the leader of the gang doesn't he become more aware that they're aware yes and yeah like so it it, it really um it's really well done and tony what's his name the main actor there the tony goldwin goldwin he is awesome in that absolutely movie. this is a great uh, movie was it maria carl bello Broder. was maria i refer bello to him as the, carl Broder from Broder. Ghost. maybe maybe uh but i, w- I want to point this out no we should probably, probably we should maybe. probably uh move on with the news because we're giving away a lot of stuff that we could use for reviews in the future damn it because <laughs> i would like to review that movie yeah that would be a good one so what's next All in the right. news man well, we can move on, and uh, we found out before the show, uh, before we started recording, uh, the professor, the professor's never seen this one, uh, but George Romero's long lost professor, long lost film, repeat the amusement this with me. Will be available. Long yeah, lost, long lost, long lost. The, the amusement park will be available no. June eighth on Shutter. No, so, I haven't. So I haven't seen as this. As I'm going one. over my notes, the professor <laughs> says, "Oh, I've never seen that one." <laughs> Could be because it was long lost. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is kind of the movie of of uh, what do you call it? horror urban legend, if you will. <laughs> like this was a movie that was so lost at one point in juncture that it was just like, well, he did this movie. We have some clips that were edited, and you know they hit the edit room floor, and we've had some like photos, like screen photos and shit like that. But there's other than that, there's no, there's nothing about the movie. It's never been screened. It's never been witnessed. The only people that witnessed it were the people who shot the fucking movie, mm. and and me. Yeah, and obviously, and, no, and, not you. Well, no, no. Now, uh, about I think the real story. It didn't, it didn't go too deep in the article. It was last year that they actually found the film, and in that process, they had shown it to a. I think it's less than a hundred people as a screen. I do, I do believe Quentin Tarantino was one of them. And uh, people seem to think that it was really, really good, and somehow Shutter won the rights to put it out to the masses. So nice. good on them. Yeah. Very, very exciting. And they keep saying that it's not uh, it's not a horror movie, but it might be his scariest movie that he ever made. Yeah, so. there's, it's, a, it's a really weird. Uh, what the plug to it is really weird. And like, uh, my a lot of my information came from like different sources after like lo- like looking up the like urban legend of the movie, not the actual like people because no, everybody's been pretty mums the word who has seen the movie. But uh, urban urban legend of the movie does state that this movie isn't your classical horror film, but whatever he does in it is very disturbing. Like, like that's the word that you keep hearing. It's very disturbing. Yeah. Uh, isn't it just like an old man goes to an amusement park and just shake its... So basically, up, so basically, the synopsis is... An, uh, yes, there's an older gentleman who goes to an amusement park, and then he starts being terrorized okay. by the people at this... Like, well, it's not an amusement park. It's a carnival, but it's a traveling carnival. But he's being terrorized by these people. That's how they use it. They say they're terrorizing him. We don't know what they do, but <laughs> allegedly, it's, it's just very disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm huh. in. This yeah, is something that up my sounds alley. cool. Now Romero's uh, non-zombie movies are really good, like Martin. Martin and, was good. Yeah, yeah and um, the Crazies is fun. I know. I like the, the remake, remake better. The remake's but better, but still good movie. Still, yeah. kind of, they had to get the concept from somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean, he's he 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 was a genius. He just had great ideas. Amazing man, amazing. All right, so uh, more news here. A couple more stories to go. Uh, uh, we we did uh, report a, f- a couple of weeks back that the new Paranormal Activity uh, was scheduled to come out in 2022, but uh, it was removed altogether, indefinitely, from the calendar. And uh, nobody really knew what was going on. And by well, the way, I want to add Mike C, because I know you're yeah. going to finish this. Remember how heartbroken the professor was about that? 
Yeah, he was we, devastated. We couldn't console him. That's why. That's part of the reason he disappeared for a few weeks. Yeah, he was off in the woods thinking about how he was never going to see another Paranormal Activity movie. Right. Just right. listening. And I know to he's the... a huge fan. You're a huge <laughs> fan of the Ghost Dimension. I know. Oh, so, yeah. uh, so I, I know you can't wait for this one. But uh, what a series! We, we still we do not have a new date for uh, for when this is going to be released, but we do know it will be coming direct to Paramount Plus sometime this year. That's that's pretty awesome. Cool. I mean, it's a bonus to have Paramount Plus. You know, those the movies are uh, a little bit cheap in the way they get their scares, but uh, they they can be fun. I think it's a good franchise builder yeah. for a yeah. young and up and coming uh, streaming site. Uh, yeah. So that's good for Paramount Plus that they're going to use it for that. I, I I don't know if I necessarily you know I think somebody smart sat in the room and said we're probably not going to make our returns in the box office. Yeah. So I mean, this is a smart idea. I think you guys are a smart idea. Well, thank you. I think yeah. you're a smart idea. You know what else idea. is a smart idea? In Search of Darkness. Oh, That's yeah. a very smart idea. Very smart idea. The first one was excellent. Uh, yesterday, I started watching the second one. I know, Professor, you said you, you did as well. Rich yes. has seen it in its entirety. I've seen it in well, its entirety. It's amazing. I've probably watched the about the first hour of it, but yeah. Dude, it's amazing. Awesome. I, I'm, I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to throw it out there. <laughs> it's great to put well, on, on a, like is, a weekend day if you have nothing to do. On yeah. Monday. Yeah. Well, there's there's even better news than In Search of Darkness Part Two, and that's In Search of Darkness Part Three, which is already in production. Sweet. What? The nineties. Better believe it. Is it going into the nineties? It didn't say. There's no no news as to what it's going to cover, but uh, it's it's in production. Hey, I'm Put in. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Well, that's I'm, just I'm, terrific. I'm effing in. Yeah, I'm. It's uh, the first one's one of the best documentary like horror documentaries out there, and, uh, and the second, second one is the same. Already, yeah. Already, I, I just... I feel like the second one is a, a very good companion flick to the first film. It's as good as the first one. They added a couple of new uh, voices. They talk about different films, obviously. They've got more people participating. They have more people. Like, and they yeah. do and they, they do some uh, new different things. Like, uh, there's a couple different uh, people who they sit down with at length about their careers. Yeah. And one of them is Robert Englund. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And I mean, Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins is, uh, is a part of it. Chris Jericho. Uh, they do recognize yeah. him as the AEW world champion at the time. So whenever they shot this, he was still world champion <laughs> of AEW. But uh, Chris Jericho is a big part of this as well. There's a lot of cool things on there. My goal is to uh, get big enough that we can be a part of, you know, the fifth or sixth one when it starts falling off. It uh, it got me interested. <laughs> <laughs> it got me interested in watching, uh, rewatching Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Uh, there was a whole big section of the opening of the movie about uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two being yep. like super scary, and I was like. I haven't seen that in a very long time. I think I need to revisit. It's super good, by the way. Yeah. They also talk in they also talk in length about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two uh, during the I, movie as well. See, I, they, I, I love Nightmare. I love Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street too. Well, they well they go into like all the like meta stuff that people might have missed out. It's on. It's a fucked up movie. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Like uh, that party scene. Is I will nuts. say this: Robert Englund says that the only thing that he he said he loves the movie, but the only thing he didn't like is that it took Freddy out of the dream world. He was like, and all they really had to do is add one scene of like the two of them sleeping and then all the rest makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, he's not wrong. He, other than that, he said he loves the movie. He just, the reason his detraction is that you should never take Freddy out of the dream world. And he basically then said that, you know, all you had to do is show the two of them or one of them or whatever sleeping yeah. and it takes care of everything. Uh, I mean, other than the first one, it's the scariest one. Uh, other I than agree. the first one in New Nightmare, it's definitely like Freddy's still... 
Like he maybe a not he I don't remember him being too goofy in in part two. He's not goofy in one or two. And he's not three, not at all three when he starts getting. If anything, two. he's goofier in the first one. I was than gonna the say one. Yeah. part two is 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 more serious. He's a demon and he's like, very, taking over this kid. And, he's yeah. very evil. I mean, come on, even the things he does that are for kicks, if you will, is like peeling yeah. back the skin on his head to reveal his brain. And then, well, the that party sequence is yeah. awesome. Um, there's a there's you another great documentary on Shutter. Uh, another good one. Um, Scream Queen, yes, about uh, about the lead actor in mm-hmm. Freddy uh, Nightmare oh, yes. on the Street Party. Yeah, it's really a really good documentary. Yeah, I think that that movie's starting to see some a little more respect as things go on. Honestly, and even Scream for Queen? me, I no, not that I'm talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. Part oh two. yeah, yeah. Even for me, I was one of those people who was a detractor the, a long time ago because I'm it, like, it's, he's not in the dream world. But then after watching it again, I'm like, you know what? This movie is mean spirited as fuck. Is and it, we all know uh, I love that. Is that directed by Jack Shoulder? I think it might. It's the same guy that directed The Hidden. Uh, which is a great movie if anybody has ever heard of The Hidden. Um, it's got Kyle MacLachlan uh, as an, he's hunting down this alien slug that goes from body to body and it takes over the person and uh, goes on these killing sprees. And like it, it's it's wild. It's a really great uh, overlooked movie, maybe. Uh, it's got a cult following, I'm sure. But You're saying the director of Nightmare 2? Yeah. It was Jack Shoulder. Jack Shoulder. Jack Shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, he did The Hidden, and The Hidden, you guys, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Right on. Well, Don't tell I, me you know, my business. Well, <laughs> I'm, telling you, business, I'm yeah. telling you now. Yeah, it's definitely a worthwhile watch. If you're a horror fan, and I'm assuming if you're listening to a podcast called Horror Zone 607, you are, you should uh, definitely check out uh, In Search of Darkness 2. And if you haven't seen one, check that out as well. It's a lot. It's, they're both four hours long, but they're worth every hour. If yeah. you want to break them up, you can. It's easy to break them up even because they have different sections. So like as you go through, it like takes you through every year. They go through different movies in the year, and then they'll have subsections, like I pointed out, where they do a thing with Robert England. They do something about uh, Friday, uh, Friday the 13th, too. They also do something about uh, 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 Nightmare on Elm Street 2. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, there's too much. There's a lot in this movie, man. And there's a lot of cool stuff that they uh, nod to in movies that you may have not seen. I mean, that's how we ended up reviewing The Burning because I watched In Search of Darkness 1 and they talk about The Burning and I'm like, I've never seen it. And I watched it that weekend and went, all right, I need to talk about this movie. Don't forget, one of these days, the the professor is going to finish watching that movie and do a review on it. Yeah, whenever you're ready, I'm ready to go. I got all right. Last piece it. of news we got for this week. Uh, this one is one that I I am not looking forward to seeing because the first <laughs> the, the original movie uh, it, it wasn't that it scared me. It just disgusted me, which is something that not many movies do. And this this one did. But Faces of Death, 1978's Faces of Death, is being rebooted by Legendary Entertainments. First, and, uh, first shocking statement. Be, Legendary yes. is producing this. That's the first shocking yes. statement. And uh, the people behind the reboot are going to be the uh, the people that produced, uh, they're the filmmakers anyway, that uh, made the film Cam, which I have not seen. I have not seen Cam. I have not either. So that makes a trifecta. But uh, I have seen Faces of Death many of times. And I am like, Mike, I'm not disturbed and grotesque by it. As a matter of fact, I am one of those assholes who showed that to my friends and led them to believe that it was a real snuff film. Yikes. <laughs> and even the subsequent sequels. And of course, they believed it hook, line, and sinker, and they were terrified of it, and the reaction was great because it's not a real snuff film. It is It is technically the first, if, if you want to give it credit, it's the first mockumentary yeah. in the horror realm. Uh, there is a couple news we were talking about before. There's like less than five minutes of real footage of some real deaths. 
uh, which were taken from newsreels. Outside of that, everything else that you see is movie magic, including the suicide. I mean, the hell, if you go onto the, the IMDb now, you can see the credits for all of the actors who were in the movie and what they did. Yeah. Uh, one of them is suicide victim. I shit you not. Uh, <laughs> and of yet, course, I have yet to Michael, see it, but my Michael is Carr peaked. plays the lead coroner, Dr. Uh, what, what is his first name? Gross. It's, it's Dr. Something Gross. And, Frank, uh, Frank Gross no, Francis. It's Francis. Francis B. Gross. Yeah. So it's Doctor Francis B. Gross. So Frank B. Gross is your doctor, and he's played by an it's actor a named guy. Michael it's Carr. A real person. No, it's played by a guy named Michael Carr. So obviously, right then and there, you know it is bullshit. But uh, back then, they, Johnny B. Good. Back then, and Mike can attest this. They they for the longest time sold it as real. They sold it as a documentary on different deaths, and they even made, you think we're up to like five of the original line and seven if you count some of the other ones? Right. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, but I'm really interested in the fact that Legendary, this huge studio who's bringing us the MonsterVerse and all other crazy things, they're the ones that are like, hey, we're going to dust off faces of death. I'm all in. Uh, this is one of those uh, entertaining, just for personal reasons, entertaining to me. So uh, bring it back, man. Make it happen. And the legendary films, if you do well in this, you need to remake Freddy's Dead because that's the only next movie you could remake. Yeah. It's the next logical step. Exactly. Really. Come on. So once you pony up to the bar, pony up to the bar once again and just, make Freddy's Dead for the rest of it. Just the remake a deep entry in a series. I, 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 I got to throw this out there. as uh, I found out breaking onto our thing, by the way, just before we end the news, and always a bad way to do that, but uh, coming from uh, the, the, the promoter of Scaricon, uh, this person was an alumni, uh, we lost Tawny Catan today. Yes. Yeah, the uh, yes. if you know who, do you know who Tony Katan is, Professor? Tony Katan. Her big her, her biggest thing she's remembered Tawny for Katane. she she danced on the hood of the car in the White Snake video. Oh. But she's been in a few horror movies. Okay. And she in, was she on WKRP in Cincinnati? Yes, she was. She was also in uh, Bachelor Party. Okay. Yes. Uh, so she's been in quite a few things. She's been in some more of the B horror movies, but uh, yeah, yeah, that kind of sucks. I know Mike C used to have a picture of her on his wall for sure back in the nineteen eighties. I, what do you mean in the 1980s? I still do. <laughs> you were a brother, brother, brother. He yeah. doesn't get rid of that. Now that you're living that uh, uh, pandemic life, you have to put it on the ceiling. Something's got to like, you got to wake up to something, right? Yes. So for her friends, family, and uh, fans all over the world, man, the condolences. That's kind of sad. Yeah, that is sad. And, and, and for that, we're going to now, you know, you guys aren't going to get to see this, but we're going to watch the White Snake video in, in the break. The, the people at home don't get to see that, but that's what we're going to do in honor. Just Google it. Yes, you guys can watch along while we're on break. I can post <laughs> it on Twitter. Uh, but with that being said, uh, I, I do have to cut you off before the break, though. After you ask uh, the question, I do have to cut you off, Mike, because I do have something important to announce. But uh, before then, if you guys would like to give us any of your thoughts or any of uh, things we should talk about or your opinions on anything we talk about or just want to say hello to the professor or Mike C or myself, you can do that on our social medias, HorrorZone607 on Facebook. Like and share that page at HorrorZone607 on Twitter and Instagram. Remember to use the hashtag HZ607 whenever talking about the show. You can also get all the information about the show on 8122productions.com. You can also, uh, while you're there, it's a one-stop shop to find out what we're doing across 8122productions, including the Three Fat Nerds podcast, including uh, twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. Make sure you're following that if you're not, because we got some big things planned up in the near future, especially when Mike C is able to come back to the studio. And of course, you can also get the link there for patreon.com slash 8122productions. 
subscriptions for as little as one dollar a month you get a ton of extra bonus content and uh with uh, that being said mike c is going to be returning to love is scary so love is scary with dr derek will then be re-adding spooky mike and uh we have a whole bunch of things planned for mike when the first episode of that will be june there is a may episode of love is scary that we still are doing in the next couple weeks but in the first in the june episode mike will make his triumphant return to love is scary with dr derek so uh cannot wait for that for personal reasons and that'll cost you only a dollar to check out three dollars is the other tier so we're not even trying to break the bank and i can tell you this all of our three dollar tiers got diesel's minnow shirts if you want to know what that's about eh, listen to the three feathers podcast uh, that's the best way to find that one out but uh that being said, patreon.com slash 8122productions if you'd like to support us monetarily. Uh, can, uh, go ahead, Mike, and ask us the question of this week. Oh, All right, I can do that. So coming up in the second segment, we're actually, uh, as we announced last week, we're we're doing uh, the movies of Mike Flanagan in May. So it's Mike Flanagan May, uh, and we're going to be reviewing Gerald's Game. So for this week, now, you guys might have uh, information up in front of you in the studio, so I'm going to ask you guys, not to cheat. Don't look at Wikipedia. Don't look at any of your notes. Because this question is Never. related to Gerald's game. Okay. So the question for this week's Horror Zone 607 trivia question is, in the movie Gerald's Game, what is the name of Carla Gugino's character? One more time, in the movie Gerald's Game, what is the name of Carla Gugino's character? Rich, you said uh, before we take yeah, a break. Yeah, before we take a break, uh, during, during the break, you're going to hear uh, audio uh, commercial for Live Stream for the Cure. I, I don't know if you guys remember, last year we did Live Stream for the Cure. It's uh, uh, some uh, great uh, content creators get together for a whole weekend and uh, live stream uh, over uh, about uh, basically for raising money for curing cancer. All the money goes to the Cancer Association of America. Cancer research. And uh, it's, it's very important to us. It's a great cause. This is the fifth annual one. I, uh, we were part of it last year, myself and Ken M. from uh, the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. We will be teaming up again as hashtag 607 podcast once again to do it. And we're, our, our part is going to be on uh, Sunday, May 23rd at 2 p.m. And uh, we're, the, we're the last ones on, by the way. That's right. The main event slot, brother, like in wrestling. I either go on first or I go on last. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we're trying to raise fifteen thousand dollars. Last year we beat the goal. We originally were at ten thousand. We ended up doing over fifteen thousand. So we're setting this year's goal, opening goal at fifteen thousand, hoping to do even more on the research. Uh, you can do nice. some. You can already uh, donate. They have a site up. Uh, it's in the commercial. So we're gonna get that. Uh, we'll be putting links up through all of the social medias and stuff in the coming weeks. And of course, uh, we put it out there on the wrestling show. I want to put it up again during. During the live stream for The Cure, when we're on on May 23rd, we are going to be doing a t-shirt deal where if you donate $15 and you and you donate it because of us and you want a t-shirt, we are going to be sending you a t-shirt. We're going to be doing a special t-shirt for uh, the uh, event and that will be our gift free to you because we're not getting any money. That money goes straight to the donation and in return, if you do $15 or more, we will send you a t-shirt because we think that that's the right way to do things. It gives you something for giving to a cause we believe in. Uh, last year we found out, I mean, it's just something common knowledge, both my father and Ken M's father passed away from cancer. So it's something we both very muchly believe in. So I uh, can't wait. It's a lot of fun. And I can tell you that it is, it is decided that we are talking about our 10 favorite old school wrestlers. And I think that it's somebody, but I think the cutoff line is 95 or 90. Anybody before then. So that's what we're going to be talking about. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's a good cause to raise money. So you'll hear a commercial for that during the break. Uh, that'll give you all the information you need to know. And then for the information, we'll be putting it up on the Horror Zone 607 Twitter and Facebook over the next coming weeks multiple times. So that way you guys know about it. 
And uh, so I'm looking to get a link up on the website by, well, I'm, I'm going on a little vacation, but uh, by the end of this, I'm looking, well, by the time you guys hear this, it'll, I'll be back, so it'll probably be up on there as well. So with that being said, uh, thank you in advance, and if you guys would like to stop by on the 23rd and say hi, or if you want to early donate or anything like that, because even if you early donate and send me a screenshot that you've done that, I'm, I'm more than happy to uh, make you a shirt, because that's kind of like what we're going to, we, we we'd like to make as much money for them as possible. So thank you guys once again and uh, for your time. Listen to the thing. When we come back, we'll have our answers to the Horizon 607 question. And and we are going to review Gerald's game when we come back from this break. My name is Nicholas Haskins, and I'd like a moment of your time to tell you about the fifth annual live stream for The Cure. To do that, I brought along two people whom I couldn't do this event without, Gerald Morris and Dan Brennick. Over the past four years, the live stream for The Cure has raised over $30,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. That contribution is helping to fund research into cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This year, we're aiming for our biggest goal yet as we try to raise $15,000 in 50 hours on the air. Tune in May 19th through the 23rd as we're joined live by podcasters and content creators from around the world. With your help, we can continue the fight for a future immune to cancer. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome back to The Zone. Before the break, I ask this week's Horizon 607 trivia question. The question is, in the movie Gerald's Game, what is the name of Carla Gugino's character? Professor, you go first. <laughs> I thought I knew this. I it can't be Jerry because Gerald is her husband. <laughs> yeah, they're both. I was like, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> it's actually Gerald. Jesse, Jesse. Her game. She says Ger- Geraldine, or is it R- Rachel? I don't know. What did you Never say? Mind. What's your final guess? Jesse. Jesse's your final guess. Yeah, it's. Wrong. Guess what? I'm going to add it to mine because I think you're right. It's Jesse Burlingame. I just remember it the is last Jesse Burlingame. Oh, okay. That is correct. It's not Gerald. It's not Jerry. her. I knew it was the Jerry, reason. This is my husband Jerry, and I'm Jerry. We're, Jerry we're the Jerry's. Jerry's. We're the he's Jerry's. Jerry with a Y, and I'm Jerry with an I. Or do they want to mix it up and say he's Jerry with the I, and I'm Jerry with the Y? That's the game. That's that's the that's the whole point of the movie. You just gave away the synopsis. You fuck Jesse. It's it's the game of Gerald. Uh, good the game answer, of Gerald. Though. I remember the name because I went to school with somebody with that last name. So that was the reason I remember the last name. And I just kind of, when he said Jesse, I was like, I think that's the answer. Uh, for once, he accidentally fell into something that was right. Well, I just watched it last night. I say again. for once because, as we know, he usually is wrong. But, I've seen this movie three times. I should know it. <laughs> but this week's Talking Horror is also going to be a review. Of course, we're staying in Mike Flanagan May because it is the month that we have chosen to to rep Mike Flanagan movies. And this week, of course, as we told you before the break and as we just talked about, Gerald's Game will be what we discuss. Gerald's Game was originally uh put out on the BFI South Bank Festival for on September 19th, 2017, but premiered on Netflix on September 29th, 2017. Uh, it's got a runtime of 103 minutes. They did not put the budget of the film and they did not put the box office because there was no box office. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was a straight, it was a straight to, to, yeah. to go. So it's based on Gerald's Game by Stephen King, go figure. Uh, and it was written by Mike Flanagan and Jeff Howard, directed by Mike Flanagan. It star- and as we just started, it stars Carly Gogino, uh, Bruce Greenwood, and the list goes 
on it. I I'm a know. I'm a fan of Bruce Greenwood. You um, are a fan of Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, he was Pike in the updated uh, the remakes of the Star Trek movies. That is true. Um, he played. By the way, he plays Gerald. Yeah, he's he's Gerald. He plays Jerry. He's Gerald. He's Jerry. Uh, he's the other Gerald in this, also, game, this game. Also in this movie, we have uh, Carl Strucken, Henry Thomas, Chiara Arara, Kate Siegel, uh, Gwendolyn Mulamba, and so many more. Uh, I, once again, let's go to, to give a brief synopsis before we go into well, our reviews. Yeah, like what it, the the movie's about uh, a couple. And a, we'll put it this way: let's read. The, I'm going to read. I'm going to read the brief synopsis no, no, right no. from IMDb, and then you can talk about the film. How about that? Well. So the brief synopsis we'll give is: a couple tries to spice up their marriage in a remote lake house. After the husband husband dies unexpectedly, the wife is left handcuffed to their bed frame and must fight to survive and break free. So. Uh, Go ahead and, and, and add to that, Professor. Yeah, uh, basically that's it. The uh, <laughs> the end. The end. Uh, but it's a uh, it's really cool. It, she they obviously things go wrong. They start to get kinky. She's handcuffed to the bed, um, and the husband dies. And then you know she's it, it's it does a really good job of kind of getting into that uh, mind frame of like what happens when you don't have food or water and like start maybe hallucinating because, you know, she's talking to her husband, even though he's dead and, you know, that that kind of gets into their marriage and like all the things that were wrong. And, you know, it's, it's a really clever uh, contained movie. Um, I, I really enjoy this Flanagan uh, again. I've, the first, my first uh, time watching a Flanagan movie was Absentia. I think it was streaming on Amazon uh, many, many years ago. Um, and from there, I was like, wow, that was one of the scariest. That, uh, that was not the scariest movie, but it's a very scary movie. And pretty much everything he's done is great. Um, and this is just another great thing. And he, he's great for Stephen King. He's my, a great Stephen King adapter. Uh, Dr. Sleep was great. I, I just can't. Uh, Mike, Mike, C. Mike C. Before we go to you, what you want to say about the film? I just want to ask you, how do you feel about the professor's marble mouth answer there? <laughs> it's just uh, it's a good movie i prefer his answer to the trivia questions usually i, I just but. i just i gotta point this out the professor said it was great numerous times and never once did i feel that in his voice <laughs> no, <laughs> it's great no it's just I'll really well crafted that, they, they do a good job of just maintaining a lot of suspense in a small contained area it doesn't it, it it's it's just really a cool survival tale and uh, Carla Gugino's it's excellent. You, you did a good job. I just well, wanted to bust your balls a little but bit. But I'm going to keep talking now. <laughs> All right. So, Mike C., uh, what do you, would you like to add to that? Well, I mean, I watched it this morning, actually. I, I wanted to wait. We're all, I wanted to wait to, to see it again until right before the show. So I watched it earlier today. Um, it, it's only the second time I've seen it. The first time I watched it, I, I did enjoy it a little bit more. I found it to be a lot slower than from what I remember. Um, it was still a really good movie. Uh, Carla Gugino has proven time and time again, a lot of times through Mike Flanagan's uh, uh, different things that he's put out, uh, what a great actress she is. And she really, really does a great job in this movie. I, I will echo what, you know, what the professor said there. She She's an excellent actress. And I'm glad that he brings her back in most of the things that he does because she, she really does carry the movie. Um, I felt like, from what I had remembered of it, I felt like it was mostly just her laying in bed and it was kind of like Tom Hanks in Castaway where she just kind of 
carried the movie. I forgot how much that she has like a double performance in it as well as, you know, Bruce Greenwood having as big a part in yeah. the movie as he did. Uh, he's always good. I, I really like him a lot too. Um, he's, he's excellent. He's showing up on a lot of Mike Flanagan's work as well. Um, and I just, they were believable. Um, it was, like I said, though, it was, it was kind of boring more boring than what I remember it being, but still a really good movie. Um, it was a long movie. I, I don't know that it needed to be an hour and 45 minutes long. Um, it probably could have been a little bit shorter than that. I, I think that that's, there was just some scenes that kind of dragged out a little bit, but, um, but it was very well acted for a movie that takes place in a bedroom with a woman chained to a bed and her husband dying of a heart attack, you know, <laughs> and, and you know, that's the movie is her being chained to the bed and kind of losing her mind, you know, as it's happening. Uh, you know, it is an entertaining movie. It's just, it's slow. It, it's, I don't know if you really call it a slow burn but it's I, just a slow movie. I don't I don't think it's a slow burn. I I mean there's there's so much going on with her just trying to get out of the handcuffs and it's gross. There's some good gory moments. Um that there is made, there's made, a lot of gore. In this made movie. me wince quite a bit. Um you know, and then you know, there's the the Moonlight Man uh played by uh the guy from Twin Peaks. He played the giant in Twin Peaks. It was That's, Lurch from the Adams Family movies. Yeah, yeah. Um he's there's he's always some, great. He was also Carl, in Doctor Sleep. Carl, yeah, he's he's awesome, but I, I Flanagan's stable of actors is great. I I love that uh, Carlo Gugino is kind of his De Niro in a way, like Scorsese, De Niro, yeah. Gugino, Flanagan at this point. Like she's she was in the most recent uh, she was in the framing story of the most recent Haunting of on Bly Manor at Bly Manor, and yep. uh, of course her outstanding role in the first season of Hill House. Um, haunting of hill house um she was really good at that yeah. and then uh but she I, shines and, in this movie yeah she's, you know she's great she she falls into madness very quickly in this you know within well, within five hours she's lost her mind understandably so though i mean like your husband just died you're stuck you're coming to the realization that you might be stuck to mm-hmm. bed and maybe die if you don't eat you know like <laughs> i mean to be fair this is something that is straight off of love is scary yeah, I believe I believe Doctor Derek. This is one of the. This is the way he wants to go out. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't I be mean, surprised. Who wouldn't? I mean, I, with Carl I mean, I mean, if you're, if you're, well, put it this way: if you're the girl, you don't want to go out this way. No, no, no. The guy, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't want to go out with somebody chained to the bed, but like during. Well, I mean, you're coitus. already. You, but you're already done. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, hey, hey, you're done. Pre, she, post, or during is, coitus is, as well. Um, so, I mean, there you go, but, uh, it's about time to drop our, uh, reviews on the movie. I agree with uh, you gentlemen. You guys did a very good job, even though the professor's excitement level is always monotone. Uh, so before British parliament, (laughs) before we give our scores, let's find out what some things around the interwebs gave it. Uh, IMDB gave it 6.5 out of 10 rotten tomatoes combined score of 91%. Metacritic Metacritic gave it 77% and Google users gave it a 74%. And so it's, it scores pretty highly across the board. So, uh, with that being said, I usually go first. So why the hell not? I can make that again. Uh, I, I kind of agree with the critics. I thought this movie was good. It's got a good scenery, especially for a movie that takes place pretty much in one location. Uh, it's kind of like one of those, uh, uh, you know, like uh, the other movies that I reminded of me, it was, what was it? That, uh, 120, 127 hours. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh the, the one with the sharks there. 
Oh my god! You know what I'm talking uh, about? I can't. Well, remember. there's the reef, which was yeah, really yeah. The good. reef was uh, yeah. And then there's the phone booth, which or that's on the bad forty-eight. Um, wait, the one uh, I forgot the surfer, like the, meter. the surfer yeah. with yeah, the yeah, 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 that one. meters below or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So, anyways, I digress. It's kind of like one of those movies where you're basically <laughs> in one locale, yeah. but. But they do a good job. I mean, Mike Flanagan does a good job with scenery, as we know from from all of his works, and uh, it's no different here. Uh, I, I did. I, I like Mike. Kind of detracted a little bit because I'm like, man, she is really getting crazy very early on. I mean, within five hours, I don't think you should be that crazy. But I mean, I'd be upset. I'd be pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be uh, already starting the hallucinations though. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, uh, we're still only five hours. We have some hope. Maybe somebody will come by. Uh, usually you save the hallucinations for when all hope is gone and you're really starting to starve and be uh, thirsty. But with that being said, I still thought it was a very, very good movie. Uh, I am going to give Gerald's Game a 7 out of 10. Uh, Go well, ahead, and Professor. Me? me? Professor, you have- I want to speak. Um, so as a, as I've said, Flanagan's one of the best out there as far as horror films and, uh, now adapting Stephen King's work. I don't know if you guys saw Dr. Sleep, but that was great. Um, this, this is great. It, it falls in line. I haven't read Gerald's game, but it falls in line with a lot of, uh, Stephen King's kind of self-contained, like one locale, um, like the mist. I, I love the mist. They're stuck in the grocery store after, after these creatures from another dimension have ripped through into our world. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> anyways, but yeah, Gerald's game is, is more of a psychological kind of um, horror film. And, and there's some iconic images. I mean, his visual sense sensibility is amazing. Um, he, he, he like was able to match Kubrick in in a way with, uh, with Dr. Sleep, for example. And in this, He's he's doing his more of his own thing, um, and you know the image of the moonlight man standing in the corner, um, the you know it's really creepy. It plays up like what it feels like, almost like that um, when when you wake up in the night, the night terrors, you feel like you can't move and you know something's in the room and like there's nothing you can do about it. Like it, it, it the movie gets into that kind of stuff um, after the whole. Um, death of the husband so yeah she's trying to get out it's a survival thing but then also you know like this sense of being helpless um is really really terrifying and i i would give this movie um it's a well it's just a well made story um i would give this movie uh probably a nine out of ten or eight and a half eight and a half i'm gonna go eight and a half are you sure are we final answer Eight and a half, like a an A minus B plus. Okay, because I, I was I was confused there because at first you were like I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ten, go with there's, that's not like one of the greatest horror movies. That's fine. Mean, I'm but, not I'm not putting you in yeah, that hot seat. I'm just half. saying I want your final answer because it was it was eight eight and a half eight maybe and a half eight, two point five come in. I don't know eight and a half out of all out right. Of 10. Finally, to you, Mike C. What are your what is your what is your final score for Gerald's game? Yeah, so for the second week in a row, Rich, we have the same uh oh, the same yeah. score. So I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Um really I, I was thinking more like six and a half out of ten, but you know, when you think about Carlo Gugino's performance, Bruce Greenwood's performance, Mike Flanagan's direction, um, they really did do a good job on a story that for years people said was the one Stephen King adaptation that could not be made into a movie. Now, I've never read the story, so I don't know what they mean by that, but it made a pretty darn good movie. Yeah. So, you know, you know, with all that being said, um, 
yeah, I, I would say it's a it's a seven out of ten. I I would actually probably want to give it a higher score, but it was pretty slow, so it didn't have a very good uh, rewatchability. Pacing, no pacing. The pacing was a little slow, yeah, and it just it, it wasn't as rewatchable as I thought it was going to be. The first time I watched it, I really really liked it. Yeah. Um, and it's and again, it's not that I didn't like their performances because I thought it was really good. And again, Mike Flanagan, you you could see just between. Um, you know his his first movies that he directed in this one. You know how his style changed and improved. Yeah, uh, but he's he really is an excellent director, and I, I really you know I, I hope that he doesn't peak with uh, Doctor Sleep, but that's going to be a hard one to beat. I just, but I, I really do hope Doctor Sleep, uh, man. That, it was so good. You've seen it, right? Yeah, that scene when they hey, 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 we're going to talk about it in a couple weeks. Oh, okay. Calm it down. Oh man. Yeah, I went to see it with you, Professor. So oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I just want to point who, out, you who, guys have now am, tried. Where to, am I? Where am I? You guys have now tried to talk about the movie we were talking about at the end of this thing. But twice. I right. think there, there's just a scene in Doctor Sleep that is devastating. We will we will talk about it in a couple weeks. Nope. He wants right to keep now. talking about it now, Rich. I just want to say how devastating it you is. You know, you know what we could do? We could always do this trick, where we mute his hey! microphone. <laughs> Put it back on! Uh, so once again i so i I think the over the over uh the overall review i think that here at horror zone 607 we we think this is a watch you need to must you you probably watch this movie if you haven't already seen it you should definitely sit down and take a look at it if you're looking for a good uh thriller to get you through the evening Mm. uh you might not want to watch it with your loved one though because it might bring up some questions i'm just gonna throw that out there yeah that could i wouldn't watch it if your relationship's on the rocks and also i would also like to point (laughs) out if you do have any questions at that point in juncture feel free to hit up uh, any of our social medias of course we're horrorzone607 on facebook we're at horrorzone607 on twitter and instagram hashtag hd607 you can hit those up or you can hit up hash at big natty cool on twitter because we always love to take some questions like that for the patreon exclusive show love it scary with dr Derek, and with the fact that spooky mike is coming back he we can walk we can be his sherp your sherpa on that mountain if you would like so there you go there's a little extra benefits there if you guys want to know about any kind of introductory to bdsmism because i'm sure dr Derek would tell you the right thing to do so you don't end up just stuck to the bed. Yeah. <laughs> just throwing it out there. Uh, but yeah, those are our social medias. Hit us up. If you want to talk to us about Gerald's game, if you agree with us, disagree with us, anything else or any other reasons. So hit us up on the Facebook on uh, Twitter and Instagram at three fat. Wow. I almost said that three fat, three fat birds. Sorry. I keep doing too many damn podcasts in one day at horror zone six Oh seven on all of those wonderful <laughs> podcast uh, platforms. Of course, eight one two two productions.com is where you can go for all those links and more, including information on everything we do and our friends of the show, like the Ocho Dora parlay hour. And of course, twitch.tv slash six Oh seven podcast. There's a link up on there and you can just go ahead and follow that and make sure you're following there because we are going to be doing some horror watch alongs come June Yes, because Mike C will be back. So we're going to have horror movie nights over on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast make sure you join us over there and if you would like to support us monetarily and check out the exclusive show to patreon love is scary with dr Derek, and soon to be returning doc soon to be returning spooky mike sorry in the month of june make sure you hit up patreon.com slash 8122 productions for as little as one dollar a month you get a ton of extra bonus content and you help us support this show and if you sign up because of horror zone 607 when you sign up drop me a line through patreon and i will make sure you get a horror zone 607 sticker there you go with that being said, Mike C, I'm I'm done plugging and shilling all we have to shill. You did it. Go ahead and take us we home. We did it. We made yeah, it. It's it's uh, been a pleasure uh, being with you fine gentlemen, especially the professor. 
You know, it's oh. so, so good to have you back in the studio. I, we, uh, I couldn't, we just couldn't do this without you, man. I, I know you couldn't. <laughs> Thanks for your expertise. And, uh, you know, really, for, honestly, for sounding a lot like British Parliament when you were well, giving your review there. Well, yes, of, yes, yes, well the movie is really good. And I, uh, <laughs> That's what you should do everything from now on. Just kind of uh, mumble through everything. Mumbles. But no, for real, it's, it's good to have you back. Uh, you it's know, I can't to wait back. to have your music. Yeah, feature no, some of your um, music from from the Lone Ranger. Yeah, on we're uh, progress. We're progressing. We just want to get stuff on on the social media before we start. So we so people have a place to visit. You know, when when you hear us, you can you can go look at our website and stuff. We have that's the stuff we need to work on. It's gonna be good. Yeah, the it's Lone gonna Ra- be good. All right, the Lone Rangers. Absolutely, I love the Lone Rangers. You guys, uh, the the Lone Rangers are a great uh, trio. It really is. Really is. You know, Pip, I can't wait to hear Pip your music. on the drums. What's that? Pip on the drums. Yeah. It's going to be. <laughs> that's we, is, isn't it? Isn't it our, our good friend Nate that's uh, on oh, drums? Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah, I was, I was referencing the movie, on. movie airheads, but yeah, I got to call uh, Pip from now on. Pip. Yeah. <laughs> he's not even going to know what we're talking about. Nate, Don't tell Pip, him, you know, Ironically enough, he's the brother of uh, our good friend, the maestro that we refer to and have had on the show before. We should try to get Pip on the uh, on the show sometime. So, yeah. a.k.a. Nate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got a good group. It's uh, coming together. We're just going to get some stuff finished. And it'll. It, we got songs getting mastered right now, actually. And they have to be mastered. And then we'll be ready to post them online and hopefully, uh, yeah, play out live. And we'll be having them featured on the show here at some point. So can't wait to hear it. But uh, but that's going to do it for this week. So I, I believe that next week we are going to be reviewing, if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, Ouija Origin of Evil. Ooh, that is so correct. We decided on? That is correct. Okay. Ouija Origin of Evil. So that's uh, what we'll be, uh, what we'll have to look forward to for next week. So we'll be reviewing that. And uh, of course, bringing you all the week's biggest horror movie news and just all around talking a whole lot of horror. So, uh, and thank you for all listening. We we appreciate every uh, download and every listen that everybody takes. And uh, we hope you enjoy the show as always. And uh, we can't wait to come back next week and do it again. So until then, for the professor, uh, of course, don't forget his name is uh, Professor Sherman Ticklefist. Sherman uh, for Ticklefist. Him, yes. For, so for Sherman Ticklefist uh, and Rich, I'm Mike C. Saying, sayah. <laughs>